Every month we look forward to getting the information for the National Federation for Independent Business. And I always like it because it's called the Optimism Index. And, and this time around, they were a little more optimistic than we thought they were going to be. And the number was a little bit better than it was last month. And everything was great until I read uh, Chief Economist William Dunkelberg's comments. And he threw cold water on it and said inflation is at the highest level since the 80s. Figure we need to go back to the source. Uh, Dr. Dunkelberg joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Well, so explain to me, your people are, the optimism index was better than expected, but you're right. I mean, inflation's terrible. We heard Jay Powell having to talk to the Senate Banking Committee uh, about it yeah. uh, just recently. Yeah, the optimism index, of course, is, is, if you look at the details, it's also kind of, bifurcated and crazy. It has 10 components, and I'll just uh, focus on a couple. One is uh, the record high percentages who have job openings that they can't fill and that are unhappy about inventories and want to buy more inventories. That's all good news, right? But if you ask them how things are looking for the next six months, a negative 34% think things are going to get better, meaning everybody thinks it's going to get worse. These guys are very pessimistic about the, you know, six months from now, but they're very, very busy just trying to meet current demand. Yeah. They need workers. They need, they need uh, supplies and, and uh, inventory. And so it's a crazy thing. So the index itself uh, came in around 98, 99, which is the, the uh, 40 some odd year average and, where we've been now for quite a few months right. and uh, probably no prospect for it to change very much because uh, we're going to see the administration try to do bad things to them, like raise taxes and all this other stuff that's going on. That won't make them happy. So let me think this through. So if they think it's going to get worse, then why they wouldn't want to staff up. I mean, they don't want to hire somebody. They're going to have to turn around and let go. And by the same token, if they think it's going to get worse, why would they want to fill up the shelves with a bunch of inventory they, they think they can't sell? That is bad news. Well, they think they can sell it now. That's the point. Uh, with the shortages, you know, people are lined up for everything, including COVID tests. And and uh, so that if they can get it, they can sell it. And so they want, to, they, want to, they want to do that, and they want to hire the workers they need to take care of customers and make stuff. So, you know, that's fine, but... But uh, inventories are, you know, there's a, those are short-term assets. If you look at their, at their capital spending and their actual spending and their plans for capital spending, pretty dismal. And, yeah. and of course, if they don't go out and buy new equipment, that's what we need to raise worker productivity. We can't support wage growth, um, you know, beyond what we're getting now, which is based on shortages. So. You know, so it all kind of makes sense, and it comes out kind of in the middle, like ho-hum, but the dynamics are pretty crazy. They are crazy, but, you know, the NFIB, you guys put together a, a map on the website that's really kind of cool because you can hover over it and go from state to state, and it seems like the western states, maybe before you get to California, to, seem to be more optimistic than the rest of the country. Why yeah. is that? Yeah, that's where thing. Well, of course, you know they're all experiencing uh, growth in the population, which is good. That's a positive economic force, and that's because they're sucking them out of California. Right. 
Uh, so what do you mean you know, they? It's us. We remember. Yeah. I'm, we're a te- we're we're in Texas. <laughs> exactly. We're the exactly. beneficiary. And, and Texas is doing really well uh, right now economically. They're looking good. So so you know if you go east of California, you you get states that are run pretty much by conservatives uh, who aren't trying to do crazy things and uh, are busy fighting the nonsense that is coming out of Washington from a policy point of view. And uh, so, you know, they're doing all right, and people like going there and spending money there, and uh, that's that's good. Well, the, the, the latest rhetoric coming out of Washington is all coming from the Fed. And, you know, Wall Street really woke up yesterday when we saw, or last week, when we saw the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee minutes, and they they appear to be a lot more hawkish than we thought, and that seems to have been reiterated by the chairman in his testimony before the Senate Banking Committee on his reappointment. I wouldn't think that would make for a lot of optimism. Well, you know, here's here's the deal. I think the Fed has been behind the curve for a year, um, providing all that liquidity. So the government spends money, it sells you a bond, and then the government buys the bond from you through the through the Fed. The Fed buys it from you and gives you cash. And we got all that money out there. And that's been very stimulative. And that hasn't stopped yet. They said they'll stop by March. But there's the Fed is still buying uh, treasuries and is putting it in its own in its little cash. So that's what's going on with the market. So if you want to really have high asset prices like Record, record high levels in the stock market, which we've had in the last couple of weeks, uh, keep interest rates really low because nobody wants to be in real assets when interest rates are like zero or 1%. Right. You know, see, everybody's, everybody's crowded into the uh, stock market and those prices are way too high. Uh, you go back, you know, and look at uh, the time that you referred to Volcker in the early 80s, stock prices had to deal back there with with 21% prime rate of interest compared to the 3% that we have now. I mean, you know, the Fed's got a long way to go, and I, I think it's going to be a lot of damage done to the financial markets. Look, you're a student of this. You're actually, you're a professor of this. You teach it. So take me back at history. Have we, have we ever seen a period like this? And if so, how does it end? Yeah, well, we did see it. It was the late 1970s and uh, early 1980s with double double digit inflation so you know if you're a lender and i and you want to borrow a thousand dollars from me and i think inflation is going to be 13 percent i have to start with 13 percent from my interest rate then add a risk premium a couple percent you look kind of a risky guy i'll put that in and uh, and then the then the return i want to make after all my risk and inflation are accounted for so you're looking at you know, 20% interest rates, which is what we had. And it was, it crashed the economy. We had a big recession and sure enough, inflation came dramatically down. And, you know, that's the, that's the pony we seem to be riding now. But, but, but this is exactly what the Fed is saying is that we've got to act swiftly now to raise interest rates and maybe four times this year, sure, four times if we're lucky. So that that doesn't happen. Is it too late? Well, I think it's too late. Yeah, you, you can't stop the inflation that quickly. And uh, so the Fed should have acted, you know, a year ago, they should have started tapering down. And uh, they didn't do that. So here we are, you know, they got a long way to go to get 
their interest rates up. And uh, that, of course, will not be good for the stock market and people will get depressed because the stock prices are falling, which they're going to do. And, you know, that's the kind of scenario we've got. I, but believe me, I know the feeling, especially after you, you know, I looked at your numbers and I was getting all excited that the optimism index was better than, than I thought it was going to be. And now you've put me in my place. <laughs> Dr. William Dunkelberg is the uh, chief economist for the NFIB and and uh, somebody we've enjoyed talking to for a very long time, and we hope to continue that for a very long time. It's good to have you with us. Thank you. Always a pleasure. I love it. Thanks a lot. For more of our conversation with Dr. Donkelberg, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.